Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, it's time for you to get locked in because it's game day for Notre Dame football. This is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. After a 10-win regular season, the Irish football team shoots for its eighth 11-win season in program history today when the Irish take on Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl in Orlando. Kickoff set for noon. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined as always by Kevin Downey. Kevin, if we uh, go back to that Michigan game uh, two months ago, and I told you Notre Dame would be in position to have won every single game since and have an opportunity today to win their 11th game, I'm not sure many people would uh, believe that to be the case, but here the Irish are, an opportunity to get to 11 wins. No, they've really recovered after that <laughs> that, that stunner in Ann Arbor. But the neat thing, I think, is, again, as you said, if you would have said, hey, they're going to win all their games – Huh, I don't know. It would have been tough, but they've had some close ones, and they have had some that they've really gotten after people. So, honestly, I think that they're uh, improving. Um, and, again, the chance to get to 11 wins, that's pretty great. Yeah. Three the, years in a row of so many wins. Yeah, 10, 10 wins, three years in a row. But here's the problem. Iowa State is coming into into Orlando, and they are treating – I know we hear about this all the time. Yeah. Oh, every week, every time Notre Dame faces someone, they treat it like the Super Bowl. The difference is, though, this isn't New Mexico. <laughs> They're much better than that. They're a team that's capable of beating Notre Dame, and from everything I've gathered from down in Orlando, I'm not sure the Irish are mentally ready for this game the way they need to be against an uh, Iowa State team that – only lost to Oklahoma, who is in the playoff, by one point. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, I mean, they just have a lot of motivation. They have a good coach. They have um, they have a good quarterback, good people. But they're also, as you said, riding uh, the last three years <laughs> as well. And then, you know, this is a big deal for them. And and last year, Notre Dame was, you know, at a different level. So it that motivation question will come in. All right, on tap on this morning's show, Chip Long is out as offense coordinator at Notre Dame. We'll discuss the change and hear from Brian Kelly on quarterbacks coach Tommy Reese taking over the play-calling duties. Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated will join us for an in-depth conversation about the OC situation and to break down today's matchup with the Cyclones. Are Ian Book and Cole Komet returning next season? We'll speculate about that. And are the Irish in the right mindset to win today's game? Let's start with our Twitter poll. What happens today between Notre Dame and Iowa State? 62% now have say, say the Irish will win by eight or more. 20% say the Irish will, will win by seven or less. 13% say Iowa State wins by seven or less. 5% say Iowa State wins by eight or more. What that says to me is that there could be a lot of disappointed people and a lot of annoyed people in this game. And, you know, this is the classic situation here. If Notre Dame wins this game, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, you beat Iowa State. And if they lose, there's fumes coming out of people's heads. How can they lose to Iowa State? How can they not defeat a 7-5 and five team? I told you this team was not good. All that emotion from the Michigan loss comes all right back, and then that becomes the entire feeling of this season. And that's in, that's a really hard mindset 
to get past in the offseason if you lose today. That's true. And going into next year, and you're only as good as your last game for another coaching <laughs> adage. So, yeah, man, it's going to be tough because, again, they should win, right? But it's going to be close. Iowa State is, uh, is pretty tricky. We asked uh, for some comments on this poll question and people's thoughts on our in our Twitter poll. Brandon Frisbee wrote, this will be tight all the way. ISU is actually pretty good, and in typical ND fashion, they'll overlook them because they're 7-5, and five, hoping for a win, but wouldn't be at least a bit surprised if they get beat. Big Dave wrote, there's a reason why there's a 3.5 point spread. ISU is a trap game, not a blowout, but ND wins 31-26. Vegas is very often right. They were yes. close. <laughs> they're, they're always right. Roger Grossman, they will be solid and well-prepared. Iowa State has something to prove, but dot, dot, dot. And Molly DiCarlo wrote, Iowa State chokes because they're Iowa State. My wife is a graduate of Iowa, so uh, that, okay. that would explain <laughs> the biased uh, comment there, to say the least. All right. Um Let's talk about Iowa State a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a win today gives Iowa State 24 wins over three seasons. Okay, so that's only eight wins a year. And that would tie the best stretch in school history. Yeah. That puts in perspective how big this one is. You know, this is a program that just doesn't win. There are They've always been, I don't even want to say a mediocre Big 12 team. Yeah, They've been the bottom, bottom, half. bottom half of the Big 12 forever. So you beat Notre Dame in a bowl game in the first ever matchup. That is massive. They got everyone from Ames, Iowa showing up for this game today. Um, that stadium in Orlando is going to be mostly Iowa State fans. It's I'm a not, huge deal for them. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a whole lot of bush light. There's been a whole lot of bush light being drank already this morning, and it's going to happen for the next three hours as we get to kick off. This is a big deal, and they're ready to go. And as we talked about, Kevin, they're capable of winning this game. This is a good team. Yeah, no, Iowa State's grimy they're in a lot of really close games so they had those seven wins but seven um of their wins total and losses seven games were close 10 points or less so i mean it's just wild iowa they won by or lost by one point baylor two points oklahoma state seven oklahoma as you mentioned only one point and they're in the playoffs um they beat Texas by two points like it's yeah it's it's amazing and then that their last game against Kansas State seems like there's a bigger split but that's only 10 points and and here's the thing to set the stage here we're saying this is a big deal for Iowa State you know Matt Campbell Mm -hmm. is a rising coach and and that's all to set up the fact that it may not be viewed as a big deal for Notre Dame I'm not sure fans I mean people just realize probably like yesterday oh okay Notre Dame plays Saturday yeah you know what I mean they went through Christmas they did their thing they just are uh, the the bowl game Saturday what time what time is it at <laughs> oh no, noon or right before the playoff game? Oh, all right, all right. oh yeah I'll watch what else are we doing that's fine you know nobody cares well and you're coming off with again two other seasons where really high expectations this is one to kind of slip into as a fan but then also but the players too <laughs> Well, you know, no, they, they went, better not. <laughs> they, well, it already happened this week. Brian, Chris Fink, they interviewed Chris Fink and he goes, well, practice wasn't very good yesterday. Hopefully it's better today. He's admitting it. He, they went out. Uh, they had the night off on, uh, I think it was Monday. They all went out and enjoyed themselves. They're in college. Understandable. Then Brian Kelly said, yeah, that practice stunk the next day. 
I'm not sure Brian Kelly said a practice was good this week. I'm just not sure they've had the proper mindset all week long to be ready for this game. And that's a problem. Well, I think it's scary, too, because at times, Notre Dame plays to the level of their competition. So if you're in a dogfight with a scrappy uh, group and you're not ready, yeah, that, that is kind of a recipe for disaster. All right, here's what offensive lineman Liam Eichenberg and speedster Braden Lindsay had to say when asked about how motivated the Irish are for this game. For my class specifically, you know, we came in, we're 4-8. You know, we, we didn't make a bowl game, and I think – the biggest thing for us is going out on top, you know, finishing the season off right and kind of setting the example like, yeah, we didn't make a New Year's Six Bowl, but I mean, still went 10 and 2. I mean, it's pretty good, but obviously not where we want to be, but you know, there's one more game for us to win. And uh, I mean, we didn't train all this time, all these months to go into a bowl game and lose. You know, it doesn't matter what bowl game is, it is, you know, we're going to get in there and we're going to work hard and hopefully pull out a victory, you know. We don't, we got it kicked by Michigan you don't want that uh, but no I mean we, we just we took that loss and we're like all right like we need to change things and I feel like everyone in like the building just come comes to practice every day with a different motivation and attitude and you know we, we've seen the results Braden Lindsay putting that in perspective uh, not words that we can air on a Catholic radio station yeah. got the bleeper out for that one it, it, it made <laughs> it made the point across now here's the thing they say those things, and I get what they're saying. I agree, but I almost have a feeling that they think they're past the Michigan game, and that's that worries you a little bit because, you know, the weeks after that, you have that that's front of mind, right? Mm-hmm. When you're going into practice, it's like, hey, we gotta we gotta bring it everything we got, yep. and then as you win, as you win, it's as slow. you win, it slowly goes away, and you're like. We're past that. We're past that. Then you get into finals week. They probably didn't get to practice too much um, finals week because, you know, it was finals week, Mm -hmm. so they couldn't do too much. Then they go down to Orlando. They have some fun. I'm not really sure this team got to practice too much for this game, whereas Iowa State this entire bowl season has been focused on Notre Dame. Yeah. And, uh, again, up-and-coming coach, I mean, he's going to have something to prove too. Now, here's – we're going with a lot of negatives so far. Yeah. We're setting the table for all the negatives. Sure. Here, here, here's the positive, in my opinion. There's not a single Irish player sitting out in this game. We all remember the Fiesta Bowl. I was there when Jalen Smith, uh, you know, had the horrible injury, and that's started the pattern of players sitting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and no Notre Dame player has sat out since. And you know that that's big. And one of those guys was Khalid Kareem, captain, um, going to be a high draft pick. Could have easily chosen to sit out. Here's uh, what Khalid had to say uh, about why he is playing today. I mean, if you love football, I mean, I don't know why you, you wouldn't be playing. And you know, this is my last opportunity to play with my brothers who I've, I've started this with, and so I, I wouldn't get the opportunity up for anything. So that's I guess why I'm playing, and that's my motivation to keep going. But you look back, like Q and Mike, you know, there were two, you know, top ten draft picks. I don't even think they questioned not playing. So, if guys like them, like like that, doesn't sit out, then why should we? Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey both played in the Citrus Bowl uh, two years ago before going on to being top ten picks. Here's the other funny thing: Quentin Nelson was uh, destroying guys in practice that week. He enjoyed being at practice as much as being in the game. Um, and again. 
I don't know if that's been happening. I think Khalid Kareem and, and a lot of these guys, and I'm not singling out right. uh, Lid, but I think a lot of these uh, seniors who aren't coming back are more like, I'm enjoying the experience rather than necessarily they want to play in the game. I don't know if they want to practice leading up to the game. And, you know, as Allen Iverson would say, we're talking about practice. <laughs> yeah, because in football, you got to be practicing the way yeah. you need to be. I can't emphasize this enough. And I don't know if anyone listening right now, they're everyone's rolling their eyes and they're like, come on, Hunch. it's it's Iowa State. Well, it's great that no one's sitting out, but then also there is that that talent gap, right? There should be yes. better football players at the University of Notre Dame up and down the roster than at Iowa State, given their uh, difficulty in the past with just winning, you know? So winning breeds better recruiting. Better recruiting means better players. All right. Uh, do you feel getting to 11 wins in a season motivates the players in any way? It's a big deal for Notre Dame as a program. Gets it would be the eighth time in school history. So. But do you think that matters to the players? I would think so. And I would think, you know, they mentioned a little bit, but just those members of the senior class or the people that are not, uh, coming back, you know, you want to go out on top. Like you said, it's going to be a long off season. If you uh, don't get it done, don't finish with a win. That's what you'll keep remembering. All right. Chip Long out as offensive coordinator uh, for Notre Dame. This one stunned me. Now, it's intriguing. If, if you told me Chip Long was going to get a head coaching job or if Mike Norvell was going to bring him to Florida State as his offensive coordinator, I'd have been like, yeah, I could see that because I've heard about the friction. But if you told me Brian Kelly was going to fire Chip Long after going 32-6 and six in three seasons, I thought there was no way that Brian Kelly would have the guts to pull that off. But he's shown he don't mind making <laughs> tough decisions here as of late. And this one's a, a, a pretty surprising one, in my opinion, that he pulled the trigger. I just thought behind the scenes it was a chance for Chip to get out of a contract and go be a head coach at Memphis, where he came from, but... None of that played out. Or as you said, assistant at Florida State that just, I don't know. It, it was really, really interesting because, again, this is part of the success of the, the past three years has been kind of that Kelly reboot and him not being a play caller um, and being, you know, more of a, a, a big picture manager and getting, you know, relationships with the players. But in doing that, the handoff to Chip Long, which I find truly interesting was it a philosophy change that they ran the ball more or was it uh chip long and kind of those filler plays? That, okay. We'll just run it, run it while they're deciding, you know, the, the big uh, third downs, sometimes that the filler plays can be your offensive philosophy too. So yeah, the, we'll find out uh, how much, how much Kelly is involved in play calling. If it's third and one and they go empty and they're trying to throw <laughs> as as a, that's what he used to do he would always do it when he was a play caller and again it, it's hard I've been a play caller and had to you know relinquish that duty to to give it to somebody else it you take some pride in it you think that you have the answers you know your players um but Chip Long was a good again a good play caller and I don't know if it was that you know run mentality that Kelly put on him or if it was just Chip's kind of nature to uh to push running the ball, but it, it was a good combo for three years. That's for sure. Well, I mean, it wasn't his play calling that got him fired. It was he's very hard on the players, and he didn't have an ally in that building. I mean, maybe he had one. I don't know who it was, but he didn't have much. He wasn't very well liked, and push comes to shove. When you hate the offensive – I shouldn't say hate. 
when you and the offensive like, line coach don't get along, and the offensive line coach is one of Brian Kelly's best friends, that's that that hurts your cause. Now, Brankling Especially has fired his friends before. I understand, <laughs> but it doesn't help you when no one else likes you. Uh, that that doesn't help. Well, you. but good cop, bad cop. Again, Kelly was able to reboot and be the good guy. Right. Maybe he actually that was a good thing that Chip was that, kind of. Uh, but it obviously wore its welcome out in three years. True. So. <laughs> Tommy Reese will call the plays in this game. First time he'll ever do so. Yeah. Uh, he's the quarterback's coach, obviously former quarterback in Notre Dame. Here's Brian Kelly on Tommy Reese calling the plays today versus I'm be Iowa in the State. Box. Um, he'll send the plays down through me, and um, not that I'm going to be, you know, micromanaging what he's doing, um, but you know we've we've done a really good job of collaborating. Um, all week and obviously before we came down here in terms of what we want to accomplish so feel really good about it. Every single practice that we've had has had an um, at least a 15 to 20 minute period of play calling without a script um, just to get that sense of, of, of calling plays without it being scripted I thought was important. You talk about the art and science of play calling yeah. and I would think that the the science part with Tommy Reese is a, is a given, but yeah. the art, do you really know until you get into a game life situation? No, you don't. There's going to be a first time for everything. Right? You know, everybody gets a first time. You had a first time. You had a first time. We all had first time. So, you know, what do you need to be prepared for that first time? I think you've got to have, a, a first of all, a great uh, background leading up to this. I think he's got a great background leading up to this. He's been in this arena before he grew up in this arena of, of college football um, and and he'll be well supported um, you know during the game um, you know obviously in the box he'll be able to see the field and um, and and then I'll help him you know strategically you know that's that's really the only thing is, is to make sure that strategically that we're doing the things that we need to do but Dialing up plays, we got plenty of plays. We got to go execute them. What's the great? I mean, what's the, the best advice you can give him? What, what's at the top of the list of the advice that you can give him? Well, I just think, you know, when when you're, you know, don't be afraid to come back and and repeat. You know, um, you know, sometimes we want to, you know, touch all the toys and and play with all the toys. You know, there's nothing wrong with repeating and and. Um, you know, go into the things that, uh, you know, are successful, make people. What, uh, what are your thoughts there? Um, I, I do think Tommy Reese has, again, the experience as far as being an assistant coach, but it's a different when you have to uh, call the plays and call them live in a game that they talked about the art and the science. The art part is actually doing it. The science, though, they're going to be you know, in meetings, figuring out what they want to do on all the situations, third and long, third and short, all that. Um, so they're going to have a plan. I think it's interesting that's going to go through Kelly again. Because, <laughs> again, I, part of the – as a bystander, somebody just watching from the outside, I was really impressed with Kelly three years ago when he had that reboot. And it's kind of amazing to look to see the success they've had because um, it seemed to me like he made significant changes in him and his personality, yes. the way he did everything, and it worked. Um, so now they're going to change again. But again, uh, he's made some changes where me as a fan or as a bystander are like, what? Oh, that's a little interesting. Well, here's, And it's worked out. Here's the thing I wonder about Tommy Reese. First of all, 
there's nobody that has more pressure on them in today's game, player, coach, or otherwise, than Tommy Reese. He's auditioning basically to be the offense coordinator, the play caller. If Notre Dame goes out and wins 42 to 14 and and they Ian Book throws for 350 yards and four touchdowns and they rush for 125, you know, you know, uh Jafar Armstrong comes from obscurity and rushes for 125 yards, you know, Tommy Reese might be the offensive yeah. coordinator next year. If Notre Dame loses this game, probably not going to happen. 21-13 and they have no offense. Yeah, it probably it he's probably returning as quarterback's coach. I don't think anyone's got more pressure than him. Not that he can't handle it. Yeah. I mean, he's been the quarterback in Notre Dame. <laughs> he, he can handle He's had criticism just a little now, bit. Here's my question on the play calling part. You said, well, is Kelly going to overrule him and do this, yeah. do that? My question is, it, or is Reese like Brian Kelly as a play caller? That was his coach. That's true. That was his that, training. You know, that's that was his, his play caller. That's that's his play caller. Mm-hmm. Now, that might give him other ideas like, yeah, I think we should have hand the ball off there, not have me throw on that play. But... And he, that's how he was trained. Well, and they they did one other philosophical change too. They went with the faster play calling under Chip Long, which you know they did a lot at Memphis. So literally, there's not as much time to sit and try to figure out the best play. You just gotta to go with it. And he did have an interesting. Um, Kelly said an interesting thing with. Don't be afraid to repeat it. One of Iowa State's coaches' best attributes, as far as their uh, play calling, is that he hits the hot hand. So if you watch a drive and number 11 catches one big pass, number 11's going to get another chance, and he's probably going to be the guy that scores. So, yeah, I mean, there's a learning curve. Um, It's just so interesting, as you said, because part of Kelly's strength and part of their success over the last three seasons is being able to run the ball, get faster plays, um, and, and now we have a new person, in theory. You had no, the wheel. And remember, Chip Long was on the field throughout the game, yeah. throughout games, calling plays. Tommy Reese now True. in the box. That's one of the reasons why Different it's got dynamic. Well, that's one of the reasons why it's got to go through Kelly because someone's got to be on the field yeah. to get it into uh, to Ian Book. Um, all right, so that will be one of the big storylines heading into today's game. All right, we want to thank Tyrac for being such great supporters of Redeem Radio. The folks at Tyrac underwrite our internship program with high school students from Marion and St. Joe. The students are getting college level inter experience thanks in large part to the generosity of tire rack more tires great prices visit tirerack.com. and fillers hearth in downtown south bend is a great place to grab a drink eat a great dinner and listen to live music a locally owned public house fillers hearth has 24 beers on tap so your options are plentiful and they want to reward the loyal listeners of redeem radio just mention you heard fillers hearth on redeemer radio to your server you'll get 10 percent off your bill that's Fillers Hearth on Main Street in downtown South Bend. Coming up, Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated weighs in on Chip Long's departure. And when we return, what's the latest on Ian Book and Cole Komet and whether they will return next season? We'll chat about that when Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays returns on Redeemer Radio 95.7. Host an incredible wedding weekend at Notre Dame with Venue ND. Once-in-a-lifetime experiences and wonderful settings, from rehearsal dinners to wedding receptions to farewell brunches. You don't have to be an alum to have your reception in Notre Dame's beautiful event spaces. Host your ceremony at your own local Catholic parish and bring your guests to campus for the rest. Make a tradition of your own. Visit weddings.nd.edu.
Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Did you know that Notre Dame FCU provides financial assistance to help our members that participate in Catholic schools? To find out the details, ask your local Catholic school principal. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you raise share of values. Why not share in our benefits? Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey, back with you here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame and Iowa State kick off at noon today in the Camping World Bowl in Orlando. And one of the big questions... Is this the final game for Cole Komet and Ian Book? Most say they're coming back. Those are where the projections are. But Cole Komet had an interesting comment this week when asked about his draft grade. He said it was a second-round grade and that he'll wait till after the bowl game to make his final decision. A little bit different than what he told me a month ago when he said, oh, yeah, I'm definitely coming back. I want to play baseball. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I want to play baseball. I want to come back. There's no question. Cut me off a couple times. No, I'm coming back. <laughs> And now he's saying, "We'll wait till after the bowl game." Uh, that gets things interesting. What, what do you What do you think? Um, and how big this is if Cole Komet, uh, you know, if he returns, how big of a deal is it for the Irish next year? Well, I think it's huge. He's it. Uh, it almost seems to me like he, him and uh, Ian together are. It's kind of a package deal. Like if they both come back, that's very exciting. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a chance to really build and have a great year if they both leave. Or you know, I think they just have such a good connection. Like it may influence each other's decision. Um, so I guess as always, I'd be a little extreme on that. He's really good, but as you said, there's some other things kind of with his history of of the uh, injuries. You know, start out with a broken collarbone. Maybe he thinks. Uh, Second round's pretty good. Let's go do my job that I'm going to do once I'm done with college. I mean, he'll make a lot more money by coming back and then being a first-round pick next year. Yes. But he risks a lot of money if he gets hurt next year, and that causes him to be – I mean, he's had injuries every single year. And like you said, the broken collarbone to start this year, he overcame that pretty quick. But he's had nagging stuff. So um, Jalen Smith has shown you, even if you're a second-round pick – you can get your money, and yeah. he'd be one year closer to getting out of his rookie contract and making the big money mm-hmm. if that would be the case if he decided to leave. All right, Ian Book, um, he said this whole time he's going to wait till after the season. I think it's more likely now that he'll come back because of Chip Long leaving. Mm-hmm. I think that plays a factor maybe with both of these guys. Maybe they were both sick of True. Chip Wong. Position coach and play card for both. You know what I mean? Like, for, oh. for you know what I mean? So it's like... You know, and and maybe that's one of the biggest factors. But there's no question, Ian Book coming back or not yeah. is huge for Notre Dame next season. I mean, you're talking about whether or not Notre Dame goes to the playoff or whether or not they're a ten and two team. I think best uh, case scenario, yeah. You know, just because of what he brings and his experience, and he's proven he can make plays. Um, but let's get back to the whole Tommy Reese play caller thing. Yeah, if it goes great. Everybody can add Ian Book. Everybody can be super happy. You know, maybe it'll be better than uh, what it's even been up to this point. But if it doesn't go really well, I would think that that would play into like, hey, this I want to come back because it's fun and we win. This isn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's not fun, then you may as well, you know, make some career decisions. Yeah. So that those are all. Now, let me ask you this. If only one, you're only allowed to get one of the two back. Which one are you taking? You got to go. Uh, quarterback i would think now you, what you can those other tight ends can grow into it and i just think in today's game all, all the pressure you put on quarterbacks i mean they've invested all that experience into Ian, 
he'll be even better now, next year. I'm not saying this. I'm playing the role okay. of the crazy Notre Dame fan. Sorry if you're one of those. <laughs> uh, listening at home. Phil Jakovic can be better than Ian Buck. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> That's your response. I like it. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, by the way, small slimmer of a chance Alohi Gilman could return. I don't think that's happening. Oh, I hope he does. All right. Well, that'd be huge if he does, but I don't think that one's happening, but we'll throw that out there as a possibility. Um, all right. Our next high school basketball broadcast is the Holy War on the Harwood. Girls edition as St. Joe girls basketball team host Marion on January 7th, tip off around 730. So join us January 7th for St. Joe and Marion and girls basketball here on Redeemer Radio 95.7. The boys game will be January 14th. Cupertino Classic was last night. That was a lot of fun, Kevin. I know you were in fun. attendance uh, for that one. So that was fun. Uh, if you did not get to be there uh, or see it or hear it, or even if you were there, uh, we did Facebook Live, a video stream of it. You could watch that online right now on the main Redeemer Radio page. So uh, please go ahead and do so. All right, coming up, Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated joins us to weigh in on Ian Book and Cole Komet. Chip Long's departure. Does Tommy Reese have the inside track on the OC job? And we break down the matchup with Iowa State. That's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. What's the difference between Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and a bank? Well, banks are owned by investors looking to make a profit. Notre Dame FCU is different. We are a not-for-profit member-owned cooperative. Our mission is to help our members improve their lives by providing products and services to save them money. If we end up with too much money ourselves, we simply give it away to our members' favorite charities. Last year, over a million dollars. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. If you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life Today coming right after Coming up right after us, Lenny Lorenzo of the McGrath Institute for Church Life is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bowl schedule today, noon kickoff for Notre Dame and Iowa State. Also at noon, Penn State and Memphis in the Cotton Bowl. 4 p.m., college football playoffs get going. Oklahoma 12-1, LSU 13-0 at 4 p.m. in the Peach Bowl. And at 8 o'clock, it's undefeated Clemson versus undefeated Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. Kevin, which are the two playoff games you looking forward to the most? Well, I've enjoyed watching the LSU uh, crew. You know, they do a really good job, and it seems like it's their year. I think that they'll win that one. But I'm really looking forward to the uh, Clemson-Ohio State because I have a 10-year-old son, Joey, who loves Clemson. So I have watched them second to Notre Dame the most this year. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, I think that I think both games – I'm interested in that Oklahoma-LSU one because nobody's giving Oklahoma a chance. Yeah. It feels like that's one of those ones that comes around and is like, oh, this is way closer <laughs> than I anticipated. I'm at least a Trap game mentality. At yeah, least you're consistent. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I, I'm on the trap game mentality all around here today. By the way, Penn State's going to crush Memphis. Yeah. Uh, if you're look, I hope so, at least. If you're looking for the most in-depth coverage of Notre Dame football, there's no better place than irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, and the crew, these guys do an excellent job. Been good friends with them for, for years. And uh, this week, I got a chance to speak with Tim O'Malley to get his thoughts on Chip Long leaving, whether Ian Book and Cole Komet are staying, and to break down the matchup with Iowa State. Here's my conversation with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated. All right, uh, Tim, let's start with Chip Long. I think many anticipated the possibility of him departing this year, but 
Uh, I think more so people thought, hey, maybe get a head coaching job or or choose to leave to become offensive coordinator at another school. I'm not sure. At least I saw him being let go. Did that surprise you? And what's your take on uh, kind of why this all went down the way it did? It, it surprised me they pulled the trigger. I, you know, I, 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 was, I was shocked they pulled the trigger. Um, I know there was friction uh, with Chip Long. There had been friction with Chip Long and a few important players, or, or just I should say a few players, including guys from last year's team that might still be on this year's team uh, if, if this change would have been made. But, uh, you know, you don't, make, you don't make that change when you're 12-0 and and you're, you know, the playoffs. It's kind of hard to change coordinators. But their success this year, I was still surprised that Brian Kelly pulled the trigger. I just think this is one of those instances where even when he doesn't spell it out, it is pretty truthful that we were having problems in communication with Chip Long and notably Jeff Quinn, I believe, who uh, Long never wanted to be the offensive line coach. But, you know, you don't always get what you want, and you're a coordinator, and, and he, he kind of works for you or reports to you a little. I think it, that is on Long for not adapting to who he had to work with. And if you're going to make it an abrasive relationship, I think it was a good move by Brian Kelly. I thought when you really break it down, Chip Long did a pretty good job, save for a few games. And, yes, I know those are the losses, so that's what people remember. But he brought a running emphasis back, if not always success. And as much as Notre Dame fans love tight ends, cool record for tight ends at the position this year. You know, if, if I'd have told you Notre Dame is going to run the ball more than they used to during Long's tenure for three years and he's going to set a school record with 10 tight end touchdowns, you probably would have signed up for that when uh, Chip Long was hired. So what's next? What do you think happens here? Uh, obviously, Tommy Reese could be an internal candidate. They could go outside. What, what do you think they ultimately do here? If, if, if I had to guess, and it, it really is because I, I think they will search, I, I, I would like to see them go for the external hire and let Reese learn under him. Um, Reese can help with game planning, but it, I, I think it's difficult for to, to kind of grow his chops in, in the coordinator role at a Power 5 school. I think it's difficult to ask Tommy Reese to be calling plays against Wisconsin and Brent Venables of Clemson and USC next year and everything you need to do to get Notre Dame to a playoff berth where if, if your search comes up fruitless, I, I'm sure it'll go to Reese. But I think a national search is the most important thing. They did it. They were successful with Mike Stanford. I mean, they, he, he had a successful offense. He coincided with Brian Van Gorder's unsuccessful defense. And I, I believe Kip Long was successful, especially if you just look at you know most games. I, I would go outside, um, outside the room and – I would stick with the emphasis, though, of a, a coordinator that likes the two tight end sets because that's what you have right now at Notre Dame. They always seem to be a little bit better when your your focus is two tight ends rather than three receivers. And, you know, they're never getting away from Brian Kelly's main goal as an offense in the spread. Um, but I would love to see a national search bring in a top-tier candidate and Tommy Reese staying as quarterback's coach, the, a guy that learns to uh, develop game plans as time goes on. I think what will happen is Tommy Reese will be hired. Hmm. Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Okay, Tim, uh, Cole Komet, you think he's coming back for sure now that he got a second-round grade? Um, I think that really helps. I, I think he'll come back. It's uh, He is a guy that when you get the second-round grade, his next grade next year will be a first-round grade. I mean, he just has to develop more as a blocker, stay healthy. He's going to be the focal point of the offense next year. Um the All-American Mackey Award candidate walking in. He's a captain candidate as well. As you know, we uh, talked to Cole Komet more than we talked to Ian Book or anybody else on this football team. So I do think it'll help a lot. I think he will be back. 
I don't think he was 100% dead set on returning when he told us that back in November because nobody really ever is if they get a first-round grade and find out that there are greener pastures with plenty of money awaiting them. But he does seem like a guy that knows he could benefit from a year coming back, and uh, that is huge because he makes a – I mean, it's probably the difference between being able to go up there and beat Wisconsin at Lambeau Field and having a go-to guy for Ian Book and a security blanket all year and, and not winning that game. Well, you mentioned Ian Book. Is he definitely coming back? What's your take on that one? I'm, I still, uh, I've said I it to you guys, I still am worried about that one. For some reason, he gave me a bad feel in the way he, he ended the season in terms of his mindset. But, I mean, I'm not saying he's definitely leaving. And maybe the Chip Long thing helps him in terms of wanting to stay. So I don't know what, what your take is on all that. I think you said it right there. I, I get what you're saying about the way he kind of left it open-ended and he wasn't going to kind of commit to it and really didn't want to talk about it. I think Chip Long being gone will definitely sway Tom, uh, Ian Book to stay. Uh, it, it 100% eliminates the thing we, we really didn't think would happen anyway, but it was out there that he would grad transfer. Yes. I mean, if that happened, that would have been. Now there is no chance he's going to grad transfer. It doesn't make any sense at all. He, Tommy Reese will be his quarterback's coach, regardless if he's his coordinator or not. So Ian Book, I believe, will stay. He has a good, great relationship with the rest of the staff. And now – if he has an, I just don't see an amazing game by Ian Book being something that changes his mind because he's got to know he's not a high draft pick, and he can really help them make a run next year. I, I if he was a better quarterback, uh, I mean a better pro prospect, if he was Brady Quinn coming out of college and he was getting a first round grade, I think he would go. But I, that that's not him. I think he's a better. I think he'd be a really good fifth year senior quarterback coming back uh, with kind of a, a new lease on life with a new coordinator. Does one of the players' decisions affect the other? If if Cole Komet suddenly decides, I'm going, does that affect Ian Book and vice versa? What do you think there? Because I think that, I, I, that, I, that could be a chicken in the egg that does play a factor. Yeah, it, it probably should play a factor, but I don't think it will. I think you're probably committed more to your, your entire group of teammates and, and you know, you're advancing your career. But, boy, you're making a business decision and there's no Cole Komet. Your business decision might change. I, I understand that. I don't think it will. I think maybe – it would for the two of us that are older and cynical and we don't want to come back to throw to not Cole Komet. <laughs> but I don't think it's probably going to work that way for them. Um, and I'm wondering who did a bigger backflip uh, when they when they changed coordinators out, if it was Phil Dracovic, the backup quarterback, or Jeff Quinn. <laughs> That's very, very true all the way around. Speaking of new lease on life, yes. yes. <laughs> Irish Illustrated's Tim O'Malley is our guest here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays as we get you set for Notre Dame and Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl kickoff at noon today in Orlando. All right, uh, when this bowl game was announced, a lot of fans disappointed. It was the Camping World Bowl, terrible name. The opponent was Iowa State. Many are saying this is a wasted game, doesn't mean too much. I'd say it means a lot because if the Irish lose the game, then uh, people are going to trash this season, uh, coupled with the loss to, to Michigan. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's kind of on the line in this game? I'm right there with you with, a, uh, with one positive of that was the same situation for the pinstripe bowl of Rutgers, but there was no carrot at the end. I do believe an 11-win season is a nice carrot to have when you, if you can go beat. doesn't matter who you beat in the bowl game. A month later, you're eleven and two football team going the off season. Totally agree with you. There's a lot more to lose than there is to gain by that eleventh win, just because it would be. I mean, it's it'll be pretty big news if Iowa State, only a three and a half point underdog, beats Notre Dame. And I will tell you that uh, talking to Alex Halstead, who writes for um, 24/7's Cyclone Alert, uh, their fans 
and players are a lot more excited, comparatively speaking, than Notre Dame's for this. That is, that is an undeniable element of this game. It matters, of course, a lot more for the players. 99%. I don't think a fan base, I don't think the, uh, it's not going to be like a rabid crowd, even if there's a lot more Iowa State people there. Um, I think Notre Dame, when they heard Camping World Bowl, the first three problems they had with it were Camping World Bowl, Camping World Bowl, Camping World Bowl, <laughs> and then the cherry on top was Iowa State. You, if you could have thrown Texas on there, by the way, a worse football team than Iowa State, for sure. Go throw Texas on there. People would have been a little bit happier, including ESPN, but it didn't work out that way. And they probably got the worst type of opponent. No credit for beating them, and it's a team that can beat you. Yeah, what, what concerns you the most? Is it Iowa State's defense? You know, they got a veteran defense coordinator, unique scheme, and then Reese calling the plays, and he's never done that before. Or is it, is it their offense that, you know, averages 34 points a game? I got to go logically with what you said first there, that Reese calling the plays against John Haycock, who is a great mind as a defensive coordinator in a unique scheme. Um, It it seems like, just logically speaking, you have to have a little bit of a hitch in the machinery when you lose Chip Long, who did a good job in between the lines on game, or between the headsets on game days. I think that's that's the one thing you really got to concern yourself. Can you get to that 30 points where it's not coming down to the end? Clark Lee's defense, I mean, he has done a phenomenal job basically in all but two games in his career. One, he was simply overmatched by Clemson. And number two, of course, we all know Michigan. Um, I have a lot of faith in Clark Lee and the defense playing for him. Not that the offense isn't playing for Brian Kelly and Tom Reese and Lance Taylor, but they've just had an interruption in, in their, their creatures of habit. Brian Kelly talks about the process of creatures of habit all the time. And uh, you, you have to assume it's just going to be a little bit more difficult with this situation. Brock Purdy, the Iowa State quarterback, ranked fifth in the in the country in completions per game, passing yards, total offense. Uh, where does he rank among the quarterbacks Notre Dame has faced this year, and, and what are his uh, biggest strengths that makes him that good? You know, he reminds me of Bryce Perkins um, from Virginia when Perkins had a little bit was a little bit healthier. I don't think he's been healthy all year with that knee. He was a, a better runner, could escape more than Notre Dame fans saw. Uh, you know, Jake Fromm is obviously the quarterback that. He did not have the exact year he wanted, but if, if he had real wide receivers or, or better wide receivers, I think he would have. Fromm is the number one guy I think they face. Um, Purdy is probably, with, the, with quality receivers, he's at least the third biggest challenge. You know, Keaton Slovis at uh, USC stepping in there. When you consider his weapons, that's, that's all part of the challenge, right? I, I, I will say I'm glad that uh, if you're a Notre Dame fan, the Iowa State is not bringing – Michael Pittman, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Tyler Vaughn to the equation okay. because they changed the game. Uh, but definitely Purdy is the straw that stirs that drink, and he's the guy that can make plays even if Clark Lee has the right call and, and Notre Dame's players are in position. So that's the challenge. Um, I'd still rather face a guy like that than a guy like Jake Fromm who has gone against Alabama and everybody else. You know, it, it, As we know, uh, Jake Fromm didn't blink when, the game, when it came down to the game on the line there. He was able to pull it out in the second half. Irish Illustrated's Tim O'Malley joining us here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Uh, you know, Tim, Matt Campbell's name's been thrown around quite a bit over the years for for big jobs, and including maybe he'd be the future Notre Dame uh, coach. You, you think this is a big game for him, you know, to maybe show Notre Dame fans or administration that, hey, maybe you should be looking my way when Brian Kelly decides to retire, whenever that is down the line in the next few years? Yeah, it could be. It could have been even bigger if this was a couple years down the line, and Brian Kelly was closer, um, or if Brian Kelly was uh, nine and nine and three football coach right now, um, because or, or an eight and four football coach. Then it really could be. 
Yeah, I've heard of – I'm interested to watch Matt Campbell operate in this. The, the, I think the story to this game is how much Iowa State put in specifically to Notre Dame in bowl pre- preparation and how much Notre Dame did not for Iowa State. And I get it. It is they had to they had to recruit. They had to refresh. They practiced. But I don't think they got into Iowa State on until right around practice six, and they're only going to get 10 or 11 in. So I could see Iowa State was probably really drilling down on Notre Dame. It'll be interesting to see what Campbell comes up with. I, you know, I expect Brian Kelly to sign an extension here shortly just because you, you don't have a, a lame duck Brian Kelly going into 2021 where, heck, he might not coach past 2022, but to have the year there, the extra year or two there, it just makes, it makes sense for a guy that's been there over a decade. And Campbell could be the guy. I've always looked at Matt Rule, too, and clearly what he's done at Baylor keeps him in position for that. Um, and as long as they don't sign on at a bigger gig, they're going to remain the main guys because, boy, would Matt Rule and Matt Campbell like to go from Iowa State or, or Baylor and Iowa State to Notre Dame. All right, ultimately, what, how does this one play out? What do you think happens here between Notre Dame and Iowa State? You know, I, I have a little bit of faith uh, in what I saw in November is the real Notre Dame offense, at least not against great teams. I think Iowa State's a good team. They don't get blown out, but I'm having trouble. I never want to give a an offense more than 21 points against Clark Lee unless they're, I mean, I would if it was the playoff game, I'd be giving them more than 35 points, but when you're playing a team of this level, I think Clark Lee can hold them down to a couple touchdown drives and a couple of field goals, um, and I think the offense we saw with Ian Book a little bit healthier now in the running game too, Tony Jones of course got hurt against Michigan we keep saying Jafar Armstrong, we probably shouldn't until next year. I mean, if you had abdominal surgery, you or I, we wouldn't walk to get the mail, much less ask to run the ball like Jafar Armstrong. But I like what they brought in with Braden Lindsay, and I'm in that uh, Notre Dame gets to 30, and uh, Iowa State doesn't get past 21 range. Wow. All right. Sounds good. Tim, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy your time in Orlando. I appreciate it. And always remember, don't take betting advice from anybody because we're always wrong in these situations. So there's a, re- there's a reason that spread is three and a half, Ansh, and it's not because we know it. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, all right, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Tim O'Malley. Head to irishillustrated.com today if you like the most inside information on Notre Dame football. All right, Tim and I talked about Notre Dame versus Iowa State. Kevin weighs in with his thoughts, and we'll hear from Brian Kelly and his players on facing the Cyclones. That's all next in our game day sprint. You're listening to Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio 95.7. Does debt have you down? Are you worried about your credit cards, your mortgage, or keeping your car? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can help. Our people are trained to be financial physicians. They can give you a checkup, help you to heal, and stay healthy. Don't be embarrassed. It's why we exist. When your body is sick, you go see a doctor. When your finances are sick, you go see the friendly folks at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? All right, 14th ranked, 10-2 and two, Notre Dame versus 7-5 and five, Iowa State Camping World Bowl in Orlando. Noon kickoff, first ever meeting. The Irish have three straight 10-win seasons, looking for their 11th win for just the eighth time in program history. A win today gives Iowa State 24 wins over three seasons with tie the best stretch in school history. Iowa State, as I mentioned, 7-5, and five, but among those losses, just one point to Oklahoma, one point to Iowa, and two points to Baylor. Uh the guy leading the way, Kevin, is is Brock Purdy, their sophomore quarterback. Uh, this kid's really good. What what are your thoughts on him? 
Well, I think he does a great job of extending the play. He'll run a little bit, but really he's looking to pass. And his stats are really good. The thing that I'm a little bit hopeful for is they have him listed at 6'1", and I'm not buying that. I think he's a little bit shorter. <laughs> um, but with that being said, so we have some rangy uh, defensive linemen. I think maybe that can come into play, and that could be a recipe for success. Plus, um, it seems to me like they've had some issues uh, on offensive line, like their right tackle spot, even though they have a guy that's been there quite a bit, uh, number 74. He's had trouble at times, so that could be good, especially for you know the defensive ends that Notre Dame brings. All right, here's what Irish safety J- Jalen Elliott and middle linebacker Drew White had to say about Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy. He creates plays, and you know sometimes it'll be a dead play, but he'll he'll get out of there and and uh, keep the play alive for the offense. And so it's going to be really important that we, uh, you know, plaster coverage and make sure that we um, continue to do our job. Just a game changer, you know. He he uh, he really likes to to uh, make big plays. He's tough. Um, he's smart with the football. Um, he can really just dish it out to to other guys on the field, and uh, you know he's an extremely skilled uh, football player. Um, so it's definitely a guy that we're keying on um, in the game plan, and we're excited to play against. Purdy has broken or tied 18 school records this season. He's ranked fifth nationally in passing yardage and total offense. Has a couple of nice weapons. Uh, Deshante Jones, the wide receiver, has 72 catches uh, and two touchdowns. And the big uh, pass catcher in terms of touchdowns to to be aware of is Charlie Kohler, uh, their tight end. 48 catches this year, but seven of them for touchdowns. Yeah, and they actually have three really good uh, tight ends. Not all Cole Komets, but they're they're really good. And um, again, number seven wide receivers good uh number one Milton he's their fastest guy so he does have weapons and obviously the stats uh speak for themselves I think that'll be an interesting matchup um just personnel wise all right Oklahoma State's defense is pretty unique it's a three five three here's Liam Meikenberg and Brian Kelly on Iowa State's defense a lot of people look at the record you know they're seven and five but if you watch the games I mean they lost by one point to Baylor and Oklahoma. And I mean, Oklahoma's in the playoffs. Baylor's a great team. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of offensive lines have struggled blocking this defense, you know, because there's just so much movement. It's, it's, I mean, they're a very good team. You know, the defensive coordinator does a good job. They have great players. Um, and, you know, that program's really turned around. Defensively, very stingy. They're 3-5. Three, 3 is, um, you know, a challenge in terms of what they do. You don't see much of it. Um, relative to week to week, so there are some some nuances to that defensive structure that you know require you some time and some game planning. They play extremely hard on defense. Uh, what's your thoughts on this defense three five three? It's really unique. So they'll have a three man rush, a lot of movement up front. They'll drop eight. They do a lot of zone coverage. So that alone. Um, is just different from what you typically see. And with that, they also do a really good job of doing a lot of corner blitzes from the short side of the field. Um, like watch number 26 hit corner. He's usually a big indicator and in whether it's going to be a big play. But with that, I guess it gets back to a new play caller. You do have Ian Book. If there is any schematic thing that they had trouble with a year ago, um, that would be what Clemson did again a lot better personnel, but they did the three-man rush, spied uh, book with one uh, linebacker, and then played zone behind it, and it wasn't a good recipe. And a reminder, Books led the team in rushing 
the last five games. Exactly. And you, you may not be able to do that against this defense if, if you have that type of strategy. Well, with the three-man line, that was Oklahoma's kind of solution is that they just ran quarterback runs. So if you're willing to do that, um, that could be the, the answer to the problem. But again, that would mean, hey, let's not pass as much. Let's focus on the run because that could be the way to get it done. All right. Uh, what worries you most if you're Matt Campbell? I would say uh, the, the just the matchups for the uh, defense because Notre Dame consistently does do a good job with the defense, and they have some playmakers, especially on the D-line. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's a big game. So <laughs> this is the biggest game his his players have been in. So. Yeah. I'll say Ian Book uh, being on his game. You know, he'll have healthy guys all around with Komet, Claypool, Fink, etc. So I think that's a really dangerous recipe. All right, what worries you most if you're Brian Kelly? I just think the offense um, running smoothly against a unique defense and new play caller. Um, but again, they do have talent, so they, they should be able to get through it. They just had a lot of preparation time with a unique defense to go against Notre Dame. Yeah, and mine's... Uh, you know, is your team ready to go? I mean, it's the same thing I talked about for the first 15 minutes of the show. Uh, are they mentally ready for this game? And I think that that's going to be the biggest thing if Notre Dame wins today at noon. Uh, all right, your prediction. I think it's going to be closer to this, but I'd say safe would be uh, Notre Dame 28 and the Cyclones 21. All right, I'm going to go a little higher in scoring. Uh, Notre Dame 34, Iowa State 31. That point spreads at three and a half. I'm hovering right around it. Uh, I think they know what they're talking about. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Ilya Glasman. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame Iowa State will kick off at noon today in the Camping World Bowl in Orlando. You can watch the game on ABC. We will be back with you next Saturday at 9 a.m. here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays for our season recap show. Imagine a world with no poverty, a world where everyone has food to eat, clothes to wear, and is able to make rent each month. The St. Vincent de Paul Society is working towards that goal. We are committed to ending poverty by serving our community one neighbor at a time. We have seen the power one person can have on those we serve. Join us in the fight against poverty. Visit svdpsb.org or call 234-6000 for more information. We spend money on extras in our life. That extra cup of coffee, that extra screen on our Netflix subscription, or that extra fee for faster shipping. But what if the bit of extra you give was more than a temporal gratification? By giving a little of your extra to Redeemer Radio, you are investing in the eternal. Souls are being changed every day because of what is being broadcast through the airwaves. Be a part of someone's conversion. Give a little extra to Redeemer Radio.